0: listening to the Sports Daily. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Good Tuesday show for you. We're going to talk a little bit about the NBA draft coming up this Thursday. Got some more Shohei Otani talk. No, I'm not going to reel you off a bunch of statistics anymore. We've got some talking heads in the media that just don't get it when it comes to Otani and some awful, awful takes yesterday. We'll check that out. An interesting story out of St. Louis that I'm kind of questioning, scratching my head on. An amazing gambling stat in baseball this year. And I'm going to get to that college football note that I wanted to get to yesterday. We're going to end with that, that I have an indirect link to. We'll get to all that momentarily. So the NBA draft this Thursday night in Brooklyn we all know the number 1 pick is going to be 7 foot 5 phenom Victor Wembanyama from France. He's going to be the new it kid in the NBA and there's already talk, plenty of talk. You've heard me talk about him numerous times on this podcast the last couple of weeks. He's going to be a generational type player. We've never seen anything like this before. We've never seen anybody 7 foot 5 that could handle the ball, bring it up court, put it between his legs, take step back threes or go straight to the rim and literally look like it's the easiest thing in the world. Yes, he's got to put some weight on. He's five inches taller than Kevin Durant and about 30 pounds skinnier. And you see Kevin Durant out on a basketball court, not the most imposing figure, but just all arms and legs. You think he was all arms and legs. Just wait till you see Victor Wembanyama, if you haven't already. It's just we've never seen anything like this. I think one of the biggest things, there's going to be a lot of talk around the draft time. and there's could be trades. There's, you know, is Dame Lillard going to be moved from the Portland Trailblazers? Is Zion going to be moved from the New Orleans Pelicans? What are the Lakers going to do? How is Golden State going to treat their roster? Draymond Green just opted out of his $27.5 million contract. That isn't really that big of news. It was expected. Golden State knew he was going to opt out because he wants to become an unrestricted free agent and get as much money as he can. If he opts in, he limits himself to only making 27 and next year. The biggest thing is, and this is going to, because I'm not going to take the time to read the new CBA. I've read articles on it. I've heard other podcasts talk about it, but I'm not going to sit there and read the whole thing. So I'm never going to be completely hundred percent versed in how this stuff works. But there's this secondary cap that is really starting to penalize teams. Essentially, what they're saying is, for whatever reason, the NBA doesn't want teams doing that whole super team thing. They don't want you maxing out three players without getting penalized for it. Now, the thing is, there are certain teams that are just not going to care and certain owners that are just not going to care. You heard the podcast yesterday. The Phoenix Suns have dedicated... $162.9 162.9 million dollars to four players next year already. Bradley Beal, Deandre Ayton, Devin Booker, and Kevin Durant. The luxury tax is 162. So they're already $900,000 over the salary cap, the luxury tax for next tax for next year. And they still have to fill out a roster of assuming 15 players on an NBA roster at game time. So they still have 11 players that they need to sign. None of those players, I think, are going to be making over $5 million a year. I don't think they can, based on what you're allowed to give players. But there are certain owners that say, screw it, we don't care. And I don't even know what the tier is. When you break the luxury tax two years in a row, you're then paying hundred $1.50 $1. 50 for every dollar you pay in salary. And then if it's like three years, it's like $1.75. Four years in a row, you break the luxury tax, it's like $2 for every dollar you pay. It's something like that. Like it's, it's a tiered system based on how many times you go over the luxury tax. I don't have off the top of my head how many times teams have gone over and whatnot. So what I do know is the Golden State Warriors pay the most in salary. So last year, whatever they paid in salary to every player on their roster, they had a major penalty against them. I think they paid over $400, $400 million for their players last year. But the salaries, if you add up every player on the team, was only in the 200s. So, yeah, that's how much they're getting penalized. But I think the Warriors owner looks at it like, I don't care. I'll pay whatever. If I have to pay $2 for every dollar, I'll do it. So, yeah, we might have $500 million that we have to our salaries that we have to pay, either to our players and then to pay towards this luxury tax. But I know by putting that team out there, we're going to make more than $500 million overall on a season. So what do I care? It's a great way. It'd be a great city to live in to have an owner that thinks that way. Not everybody does. A lot of teams don't. A lot of teams have owners that are shy to spend money. So it can get frustrating for fan bases, I'm sure. But the Golden State Warriors, by all intents and purposes, are going to re-sign Draymond Green. It's just a matter of at what price clay is due an extension in one year i think he's already making 45 or 46 a year can he still make that money do they have to go to him and say clay we want you here we don't want to break up you and steph and draymond but we can't have you on the books for 50 million dollars it's just not going to happen we're already paying you know andrew wiggins this jordan Poole this draymond green that like They've already got five players. Assuming they re sign Draymond at 25 or $30 million a year, they're going to have five players making $25 million or more, if I'm not mistaken. I know Steph and Clay definitely do. Draymond just opted out of $27.5, so he's going to be making at least 30 I think Poole's contract pays him 30 a year. The only other one is Wiggins. And I don't know what his contract is at, but it's definitely over 20. Is I just don't know if he's a $25 million a year guy or a $30 million a year guy. But just look at those numbers. Steph is like at 40 or something, and Clay's at 40. and So that's 80. Poole's at 30, and Draymond's going to be at 30. That's another 60. So that's 140. And then Wiggins probably 25. I mean, they've got... Gosh, (laughs) I mean, they've got five guys tied up at one hundred and sixty million or whatever it is. So it's it's so confusing. I wish they wouldn't make it so confusing, but it is. However, with the NBA draft this week, there's going to be so many deals and trades. And are people going to trade up in the draft? Are people going to trade back in the draft? Is Dame Lillard getting moved before the draft? Is Zion getting moved before the draft? Are the Phoenix Suns going to stay with Deandre Ayton? Are they going to trade him before the draft? Nobody knows yet. But this is going to be such an interesting week in the NBA. But keep all your eyes peeled for Victor Wembanyama. I believe Golden uh, Golden. I believe Good Morning America has a feature on him. Robin Roberts is doing a feature that she's already pre-recorded. It's already been recorded. I think she went to France and hung out with Victor Wembanyama. And that's going to be on Good Morning America tomorrow morning. So if you're interested, check that out. But big, big week in in the NBA. And then with the draft being Thursday, the 22nd, then we're basically eight days away from free agency. And then that's when all hell breaks loose. Because you know all these agents are already talking to teams, and then when that deadline hits whatever it is you know four o'clock eastern time on july 1st you already have players signing contracts it's like well wait how can you sign a contract if the free agency just started well because we all know these players are talking to teams uh, behind closed doors as we speak and they're just ready to go by july 1st so get ready for a slew of nba talk these next couple weeks all right you knew it was going to happen Shohei Otani is by far the best player in all of baseball. It's not even close. But if you're a talking head on television, something that I preach all the time here on this podcast, you have to come out with hot takes. You have to zig when everybody else zags. You have to say something that is so outlandish that it gets clicks and people talk about it or whatnot. Well, Craig Carton, who has had his own issues in the gambling world, but is now on FS1 uh, with a morning show, and he's also a radio host at WFAN in New York, but he's leaving that to focus on TV. Well, yesterday he had to come out with his clickbait bullshit, and they were talking about Shohei Otani, and Craig Carton said, He's a great player. We know he's a great player, but best individual player in all of sports? Not if he's never taken his team to a postseason. Can't be. At some point, if you are the best individual in a team sport, you gotta take your team to the postseason. I'm not even saying you gotta win it all, but you gotta get to a postseason. Okay, it's just an it's just a completely ignorant, uninformed take. Because what Shohei Otani does on a team of twenty five people, this is baseball. If he was saying this about an NBA player, absolutely because if you're a dominant NBA player and you're ca- and you can't even get your team to the playoffs, yes, it's still a team sport, but it's only 5 of you that play at a time. When 9 players play at a time in baseball. And then you have, you know, a bullpen, you have utility players. I'm sorry. Look, If you're saying that, can we all agree that Mike Trout, up until the last few years, was deemed the best player in baseball? I'd say that was fairly common, a fairly common take among all the talking heads in the sports world. Mike Trout, best player in baseball, right? He's been to the playoffs once in his nine years as an angel, and they got swept by the Kansas City Royals and he has one career playoff hit. So now you're saying Mike Trout, uh, by that logic, by the logic of he's never taken his team to a postseason, at some point if you're the best individual in a team sport, you got to take your team to the postseason. Mike Trout's been once in nine years, and there was a three-game sweep, and he had one hit. I think he was one for nine in the series, one for ten. But he's arguably been the best player in baseball. So that take is so lazy. And it doesn't even make any sense. Like, put some thought into it. You're blaming Shohei Otani for the Angels not making the playoffs? The guy leads the team in every single freaking category. What else do you want from him? We went over this yesterday. He leads the team in everything. Batting average, home runs, RBIs, stolen bases, runs scored, on-base percentage, slugging percentage, OPS, hits. And then you go to the pitching side. He leads the team in ERA, wins, strikeouts, whip, batting average against, and innings pitched. And you're telling me he's not the best player in baseball when no other player in baseball is even pitching and hitting in the same game? Just stop. it's, It's what drives me absolutely up a wall with hot take sports talk radio, and debate TV on the sports shows, whether it's Undisputed or whatever the case may be, around the horn interruption, all those shows. It just, you don't have to just say something to get a rise out of people. How about actually believing what you say? I personally think Craig Carton said this for clickbait. Because he knew people would pick it up and run with it. That Shohei Ohtani is not the best individual player in all of sports. I'd say he is, considering nobody in the history of baseball is doing this. Who do you compare him to? Who's his comp? You know who Shohei Ohtani's comp is in baseball? Babe Ruth, who hasn't played in 100 years. And I don't think, I've never really looked at Babe Ruth's pitching and hitting statistics from the early 1900s, but I guarantee it's not what Shohei Ohtani is doing. Not to mention, we're talking about basically a completely different game. You just can't compare 1918 baseball to 2023 baseball. Let's be serious. Baseball as we know it, I'd say from, you know, I'll be a little biased here. I'd say from when I was born, the mid-70s to how we know it now. And even then, it's it's definitely changed, but not, it hasn't nearly changed as much as it did from 1918 to 1975. Modern-day baseball, I'd say the last 50 years, or you know, in 2025 it'll be 50 years, I'd say that's modern-day baseball. Not one player in all of baseball in the last 48 years, from 1975 till right now, has been a pitcher and a hitter for a baseball team. And not only a pitcher and a hitter for a team, Elite pitcher and elite hitter. Shay Otani leads Major League Baseball in home runs. Assuming he doesn't get hurt, he's probably hitting 50 home runs this year. And assuming he doesn't blow out his arm, he's probably going to win 13, 14, 15 games, have an ERA around three, and probably lead the league in strikeouts. Quit with your garbage takes. Now, he's got to take his team to the playoffs. It has nothing to do with with him. Mike Trout dominated baseball for the last eight years, and he couldn't take his team to the playoffs because it takes more than one guy. One guy cannot carry a baseball team, one guy can carry a basketball team, as evidenced by some of the crappy teams LeBron James took to the NBA Finals. That first Cleveland team, who do you have? Booby Gibson, Zildrunas Elgowskis. I mean, look at that team that he took. The first Cleveland cavaliers team that he took to the nba finals where they got swept by the san antonio spurs it was lebron and a bunch of nobodies and then even some of the ones in cleveland not the ones before kyrie i'm just saying it can be done in basketball it can't be done in baseball And it can't be done in football. Football, you got 22 guys that you have to rely on. One guy cannot carry a team, even if you are the best quarterback in the league or one of the the great quarterbacks in the league. That doesn't necessarily mean you're going to win a bunch of Super Bowls. Football has 22 guys, 11 offense, 11 defense, and you got kickers, punters, all that stuff. I'm sorry. Just a a bad take. I don't know. And then, he's, and then he's like, wake me up when he gets to the postseason. <sighs> okay, Craig, I'll be sure to do that. What an awful take. If you're gambling on baseball, I've got one for you. Jordan Lyles is a starter for the Kansas City Royals this year. He has started 15 games for the Kansas City Royals this year. The Kansas City Royals have never won when he has started this year. They are 0-15 in Jordan Lyles starts. Now, you also got to take into consideration, Las Vegas is very well aware of this number, okay? It's not like they don't know that every time Jordan Lyle starts for the Royals, they're going to lose because they have and gone 0-15. Yesterday, they were only plus 125 on the money line, and they lost again to make it 0-15 and Jordan Lyle starts. But just something to uh, – it might even be too late now because now you feel like if you jump on it, you're like, wow, well, I missed – 15 times where he could have won. But just keep that in mind that the Kansas City Royals, well, they don't win regardless. They have the second-worst record in all of baseball. But that's compounded when Jordan Lyles takes the mound considering they haven't won a game this year when he has started. Did you see this story out of St. Louis? Where former third baseman David Fries was elected to the St. Louis Cardinals Hall of Fame and their ring of honor. And he's decided to not accept it. There isn't anything that he said in his interview other than something along the lines of my time, almost like thinking of my time back to the Cardinals. I Almost like I didn't like myself back then is kind of what he's alluding to. Because he has said, look, I will show up at alumni events for the St. Louis Cardinals organization. I will show up at autograph signings and stuff like that. I just don't feel I should be elected into the Hall of Fame, which you just never see. Like, who rejects a team saying, hey, we want you in our Hall of Fame our Ring of Honor, whatever you want to call it? And David Freeze just said no. The guy single-handedly won them a World Series. I can't remember what year it was. I just know it was against the Rangers. Remember that? They're down by two runs, two outs, bottom of the ninth inning, hits that fly ball to right field that Nelson Cruz completely misplayed. Tied it up, and then in the twelfth or the eleventh, bottom of the twelfth, bottom of the eleventh, he hits a home run, solo shot, and sends it to Game Seven, and they end up beating the Rangers in Game Seven of the World Series. He was a god. I think he won. Wa- I I think he might have won World Series MVP that year. I might have been Pulos that actually won the MVP. I don't know, but man, <laughs> just a, it just it was just. The wording of it was really weird. He gave quotes, and the fact that he still wants to be around, like if he were to just have issues with the St. Louis Cardinals front office or maybe he's gotten in a, a war of words over the past, in the past few years with people in the St. Louis Cardinals organization, then it would make sense. This guy's like, no, love the Cardinals, love the organization, still will show up for alumni games, still will show up for any sort of fan event that they want me to come to, but no, I don't want to be in your Hall of Fame. Just, I don't know if we'll ever get a real answer as to why, because while he said he appreciates everyone who voted for him and he appreciates all this, he just doesn't feel like accepting it and he's really given it a lot of thought and he understands that people might be upset by this. I don't know if we're ever going to get the real answer as to why he feels this way, because he never gave a why. He just said, I understand. Trust me, I've given it a lot of thought. I understand that some of you will not understand my decision. But this is my decision, and this is what I'm sticking to. I don't know. I don't get it. And finally, something I brought up a few months ago, I don't know if a lot of you remember this, and this strictly goes to Alabama high school football. If you're in the Alabama high school football area and you follow it, then you'll know what I'm talking about. Anyone outside, this is just an interesting story because I have a – indirect link to it this past season Thompson high school in Alabama had an eighth grader that led them to the state championship seven a top division in Alabama high school football and if I'm not mistaken that's their third straight state title well there's an eighth grader by the name of Trent Seaborn that took over the starting role I want to say somewhere in the like fifth sixth seventh game of the season because the original starter who was a junior got hurt Well, Trent Seaborn was an eighth grader. He doesn't even attend Thompson High School, but he was on the team because he's that good. He was getting mop-up work in the first few games of the season and then took over as the starter. And in the championship game, Thompson High School, I can't remember what the final score was, but Trent Seaborn was like 12 of 14 for 280 yards and five touchdowns and no picks as an eighth grader. Well, clearly his star is on the rise, and Trent if you go to his Instagram page or his Twitter account, has gotten offers already from Auburn, Ole Miss, Oregon, and this past weekend, he got an offer from Alabama. A kid who hasn't even started high school football yet has an offer to play at Alabama under Nick Saban. I say this because Trent's father is a high school buddy of mine. Trent's father, Jay Seaborn, is a guy that I drove from Texas to California with when I made the move after freshman year of college. He flew out to Texas, and the two of us drove back. I told this story back when I originally brought up Trent Seaborn because of what he had done during the state title uh, game. But Jay's a friend, longtime friend, and to see his son doing what he's doing, I'm assuming Trent is... The number one or number two ranked quarterback for 2027. I mean, I can't imagine he's not getting offers from schools like Wisconsin, Bama, Auburn, Oregon, Ole Miss. There's other ones on there: Marshall, Arkansas State, uh, Colorado State. I think is in there. Kid's gonna be good. <laughs> I mean, you just you don't do that as an eighth grader, and then all of a sudden just suck. And Jay is very level-headed. Just in texting with him, he's not letting this get to Trent's head. He's really keeping him focused on just getting better. He's certainly not bragging about anything that Trent is doing. They are excited. Obviously, they got an offer from Alabama. That's great. It's all over Trent's uh, Instagram account. And, you know, we'll see what happens. I mean, he's still got four years of high school to play. Like, it, this, we're still so early in the process. But I just, again, wanted to do a shout-out. And I'll probably bring him up once you know high school football season starts in the fall to, to see how he's doing, and I'll obviously follow along. But just wanted to give a shout out uh, to Trent Seaborn, just uh, a great kid, and just keep his name. If you're a college football fan, just know that name because you know I don't want to get him ahead of myself here. But knowing what this kid is capable of, and knowing what he did as an eighth grader, and you know playing, winning a state title, being the quarterback. And it's not like he's just handing off either winning a state title for the, you know, the highest division in Alabama high school football as an eighth grader. I can't wait to see what this kid's future holds. And I'm so happy uh, for Jay. So I will uh, definitely keep an eye on that when football season rolls around. Thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Please subscribe and Apple podcast. That's the best way you can support this podcast as well as rating and reviewing and passing it along to your friends. I want as many people as possible to know about this podcast. So tell them about it. Listen every day. I'd really appreciate it. And remember, sports will always be the greatest reality show on television. See